Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoura. Okay, our guest this week is Doug McMillan. He's the lead singer of American indie rock band The Connells. So if you were listening to a lot of college radio or alternative radio back in the late 80s, early 90s, you probably remember these guys. And they have a really unique uh, career. No one else quite has this thing. If you're in America and you were listening to the radio, you might remember this song right here, Stone Cold Yesterday. This is the song that I think of when I think of the Connells. Very similar sound to bands like, obviously, R.E.M., Guadalcanal Diary. There's some Toad the Wet Sprocket in there. There's some Uncle Tupelo in there. You get the idea. American jangle, uh, you know, indie alternative rock. Out of nowhere, in 1993, they have a gigantic hit in Europe with this song called 7475. That one you probably know better. Maybe. I don't know. I get the impression if you're in Europe, that's the song you know. If you're in America, you might know other things. And so we talk about what that's like being this sort of fringe, successful enough to maintain a career for a while, but not so much to really get over the hump. But then to have this one hit that exploded on the other side of the world, out of nowhere. It's really interesting. So they uh, called it quits in the early 2000s. But last year, they put out their first album in 20 years called Stedman's Wake. I personally think it's their best one. That's arguable. They're, they have a lot of great albums. But Stedman's Wake is so fantastic. A really good comeback. We're giving away some copies of those, by the way. Listen at the end so you can figure out how to win, okay? Anyway, Doug is a really nice, funny guy. We hear stories about recording in the studio next to Shane McGowan and Joe Strummer. And of course, we had to hear a only in Salt Lake City story as well. So there's a lot to love here. Uh, Doug called me from his home in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. All right. So let's get the obvious stuff out of the way. Uh, the Connells disappear, you know, <laughs> from a recording standpoint anyway, for 20 years. Yeah. Come back with Stedman's Wake, which I, I ha- I, I'm not just blowing smoke when I say this, Doug, but it is Easily my favorite Connell's album. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, uh, thanks. Pr- That's the first. Thank you. Pr- yeah. We prior to this that. point, I had always leaned toward Boylan Heights, but um, yeah, I uh, I think this this is my favorite album of yours by far. Why was this the time? Was it lockdown? Yeah. Was it That's something else? Question. Why was now the time? Well, we released what was, I guess, technically an album. 20 years ago called old school dropouts Mm -hmm. but those originally began as demos for what would have been our last album for tvt records Mm -hmm. and before anyways they dropped us which that's another story (laughs) which i was happy to have happened but anyways uh there's all those songs and then there's some other songs that Mike had written in, subsequently. And then there was a couple of songs, Stedman's Wake being one of them. I showed up at Stedman's Wake. I call it my first mistake. Oh, this 
It's a fairly old idea for a song that our guitar, if I remember correctly, our guitar player, Mike Ayers, was the one who said, what about that song, Stead? Like the three of us were together working on ideas. And he said, what about that Stedman something like that? Which is ironic because it became the title track. The album. And that was several years ago. Yeah. So I get, you know, some, we had a meeting or whatever. We played very we had kind of slowed down immensely on on lot on our live performance stuff uh-huh. only unless it was totally worth messing with uh-huh. <laughs> and uh i mean it's like five years ago now that we had this idea of like we've got these songs we've got these songs for this album that we tried to we tried to release by ourselves you know 20 years ago the internet very different than right. it is now so there you have it. We had the material. We had definitely enough new material. And we liked what we had. So here, there it was. And the best thing about recording this album was there was nobody to bug us. There was no, you know what I mean? There's nobody yeah. to like say, what's going, what's, what's happening? And mm-hmm. we need to get, you know, the schedule. Mm-hmm. So there, that's about the best I can do is explaining why we spent 20 years. <laughs> I, that makes sense. When <laughs> So like really great, I believe, is the single off of it. Yeah, it's such a great song. And I'm curious when a band like yours and this time, because I do, I talk to a lot of legacy artists like yourselves that I love so deeply, but where do they, how does this get out? Does a radio station, are they excited to play really great or is it a regional thing? What happens? That's you, you might be asking the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) 
But, <laughs> but what I'm noticing is that cl- clearly it's not a radio driven industry. As, as it, I mean, for me, I mean, I could give you, I could tell you so many stories of like, you know, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for college radio, okay. we probably wouldn't have been able to, to tour initially mm-hmm. in those first few years because we would send records out to them and those that liked what we were doing, we, they'd have us and we would do an interview and then we'd play a show that night, you know, whether it was in Kansas or if it was in Florida, wherever. And then that slowly in the 1990s, that slowly turned into modern rock or <laughs> there's so many <laughs> alternative new music. One for a while there, it was called progressive, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny because, you know, there's already one of those. Right. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, so, it, it, yeah, I knew I, I had that. I had that sort of that that sort of approach to it figured out. So nowadays it's just like, we you know we have people help who were helping us with working the record uh-huh. and i'm doing these kind of interviews and stuff but in the meantime there's still this european thing we have to think about because yeah. we had a song that did well over there so yeah i don't know i i you know ideally you know we've been talking to the guy who made the video for 74 75 about doing a, a longer version you know people are doing like 30 minute 45 minute videos now okay films. yeah it's, like a mini movie or something like that yeah, relating to 74 um, 75 yeah and this guy's mark pellington is a oh sure a boy he's yeah. big time yeah yeah and he's a friend of ours and uh even before working with him and uh wow. so we want to do something like that but he, we're trying to figure that out so I, so that's one thing you know i'm sure that youtube youtube has a plays a big part and all that but as far as far as your question goes i don't know how <laughs> i don't know how we, some radio stations are still out there playing stuff but it's a very different landscape you know i bet so i gotta know i'm curious about i I've, i don't think i've ever asked this before but in these ensuing 20 years is it a constant kind of buzz in the back of your head like oh, one of these days i got to get back to the connells that's that's always <laughs> there or do you move on with your life in so because 20 years is a lot of time you could yeah you could do you, is it like when someone passes away do you start do you think about oh, them wow. a lot at first and then you don't wow. think about them for a day and then you don't think about them for a month you know what i'm saying well, or is it always is, with no, you no that's a very good question I've never really thought about it in those terms because um, we didn't really break up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you played the occasional like charity show and stuff like that. Yeah. And we did, we did gigs, you know, here. I mean, we did some weekend. Well, we, you know, we probably could have played more, but during that last 20 years, like I have to give some perspective, I have a 22 year old son and a 19 year old daughter. Mm. (laughs) And there was, you know, some of the other guys have younger kids. There was that kind of thing going on, and we were working more day job type things. But sure. um, no, no, never, 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 never left. The never idea left. of playing music, the idea of writing, trying to write music, um, the idea of hopefully writing. And I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know if we'd ever record again, mm-hmm. but I kind of hoped we would. Right. But yeah, for me, it was always. Uh, and I'm also one of those ones who does stuff with other people, with friends, mm. <clears throat> mainly because I, 
it helps me with like you got to keep if you're singing you got to keep singing the singing is different than I, well probably not that much different than anything else but so i was doing all kinds of different things with other other people like with peel wimberly mm-hmm. like we had a band mm-hmm. that was was a really good thing for me to do and, and and also good songs so there's always that side of it and other friends from around raleigh and, and chapel hill but um as far as music goes but no 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 i, I mean I wouldn't even call it a hiatus because we didn't stop. We just didn't play very often. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we didn't play so nearly often enough. Everyone's yeah. still friendly. Everyone. It's yeah, just yeah. a matter of time. Like some, some day yeah. somebody phones everyone up or sends, fires off an email and says, I got some songs. What do you guys think about playing? Is it was that a how band it works? Meeting. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike had, you know, we had all these songs from that last record from that. I mean, yeah. there's three songs on this new album are. That are from that previous record. Gladiator Heart is a yeah, Gladiator yeah. Heart, Burial right. Art, and uh, Universal Glue. Or no, Hello Walter. You know more than I do about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember talking to David about David was really instrumental in a lot of this. He was like, These songs are good, you know, talk, especially yeah. that song Walter. So like I know, I know, you know. And then finally, what happened was, you know, we just found the the time to actually get together and discuss it, and then start rehearsing. Rob Ladd came into the picture as our drummer. Thankfully, due to our previous drummer Chris Stevenson, who said you guys should play with Rob, <laughs> <laughs> which is another story. But it was he was he that doesn't happen every day that a guy replaces yeah. himself. But he had other things to do musically. So okay, but it is a good question. No, I, I don't think any of us like ever sort of said oh, that's the end of that. Yeah, you know? completely yeah. moved on. Okay, yeah. I just wonder I, if I, what that's I, cool. like. I, I'm only speaking for myself, though. Sure. <laughs> I say that. No, that's what I wanted to know. That's yeah, that's what I yeah. mean. Is is it is it something you lived with forever? Yeah. And the potential of it possibly starting back up again, or is it oh, something you tuck yeah. away and you're surprised no. when it comes back? It sounds I'll like be you've been living with, this, with it. Yeah. I'll be living with this band whether we're active or not for the rest of my life because yeah. of the so. I mean, my kids have heard are so tired of stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I told you, they're like, yeah, we yes, we know. I'm like, damn, it's such a good story too. I bet, it's, I bet if I tell it again, it'll be even better. Well, their friends maybe haven't heard it, so you could try it on them <laughs> their and their parents and everything like that. Yeah, their friends need to get over here. So I that's right. <laughs> I'm like um, that guy. Yeah. 
Okay. So you mentioned it. It's in some ways it, I feel like 74, 75 is like the elephant in your career because it is such an outlier. You know what I mean? That's, That's a great line. I mean, like, it is, it is, it is, it was a very positive elephant. Absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. if I look, I'm looking at Spotify right now, 7475 right. has been listened, streamed over 76 million times. Get out of here. Where's no. my money? Yeah, I know your next most active, most popular song is doing you, which is next to it on the album. So I wonder if maybe that's why, but like that's George's uh, song. That's a good song. It is, but nothing yeah. else, everything else, the next three or four are right around like yeah. half a mil. And yeah, weird. 74, 70. So, and I was a big fan of Stone Cold yesterday. So to me, oh, you're, wow, okay, cool. to me, you're still that band, but <laughs> right, right, right. 74, yeah. 75, yeah. yes, but 74, <laughs> 75 became such a thing. And mostly in Europe, not even so yeah. much in the States, that yeah. it's just this giant outlier. It's weird. It's a weird thing. And you're, and you're absolutely right. Um, now, and that's just Spotify. Like we, I, I was joking about the money thing because, because when it got played on the radio a lot, there was literally, I mean, I never, I always thought that royalties thing was some figment of like some, you know, Phil Collins life yeah. or something, but no, there was some, there was, you know what I mean? That happens, but yeah. not as much, but um, yeah, the whole thing is, uh, I remember we played a show in Boston at the Paradise. And um, where are you right now? I'm in Denver. Okay. I'm originally wow. from Salt Lake City, where you okay. guys got a lot of play, actually. Um, oh, did you see us play there? I never did back in the day. Oh, I almost got arrested there. I'll tell you did that you? story. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yes. It's a good so, one. You got a That's lot of a play in Salt Lake City when I was in high school and college. Right. And then, okay. But now I live in Denver. It, well, Steve Potak, our keyboard player, has family uh, uh, living as we speak in in Denver, mm. and and has has roots in Denver. Good. As much as you can have roots from Denver, he has roots from Denver. Anyways, yeah, we play the Paradise, and uh, um, the guys who opened for us, their man. I guess we were just starting a tour for Ring, and the manager of their band, who was. He couldn't even look like a manager of a band. Like, you know, you, you used to, most of the time it was just a friend was your manager. He looked older than you. Anyways, he said that song, he said that song 75, 75 is monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> That's monster. It's going to be monster. And I was like, 
what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? I had no, yes. I, mean, I thought like, what is he talking? I love the song. Don't get me wrong, but like, sure. it's not a, he was right, I, but just didn't have him here. It was, it, so we started getting faxes from yeah. Germany. We were kind of going, we were already scheduling to record again. And we were getting these faxes that were saying, showing us top 10, top 20 chart positions on the radio in parts of Germany. Which I just thought was like, this has got to be a joke. Somebody's just messing. You know, like I have friends who would do that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> Anyways, before you know, we were just, we were touring over there. And uh, yeah, it was weird because like we would go and play a festival and they didn't, there was nothing. It was like crickets, 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 crickets. And then we play that song towards the end of the set and they would go nuts because they knew it. How? Isn't that weird? Do you know how it caught on? What? Why? What was the hook? Did it appear in a movie or something? Why. I'll tell you why. And this is this is unusual. There were two. I wish I could remember their full names. The name of the record company in Stuttgart, Germany, was called Intercord Records, and I think they were affiliated with EMI. If they weren't, they became affiliated with EMI. I think they were a part of EMI at some point. And these two guys from the record label had gone to like the CMJ. Or, or one of those type things. It was probably CMJ in 1994. Five, I don't know. I'm bad with years. I'm bad with time. They went to the, the, the president of TVT Records and said, we want to uh, license this album and we particularly want to license this one song, 74, 75, because we feel like there's something about that song that we hear it could go over well in Germany. Now, think about that for a second. That's pretty amazing. Two, two guys who were like, what is it with this song? Like nobody here. Yeah, we never heard that here. No. So he, the response from the TVT guy was, fine. It's not, nothing's going to go over in Europe with this band or any band, he said, I think, unless it is a hit in England and the UK first, mm. which based upon history was probably not, that far off the mark mm -hmm, mm -hmm. luckily he didn't charge him a lot for the licensing <laughs> because <laughs> of that and it took off man these guys were right to this day i was i could find them and just hug them both i don't know yeah. or send them a, a, a fruit basket or something but good <laughs> lord man i mean it was like what is going on and the video didn't hurt i yeah. was walking into a hotel room in denmark in copenhagen and turning the TV on, and there we were. I was like, Steve, look, it's our video. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of like, yeah, that so. But those, if those guys hadn't gone, made the effort to go wow. license this thing, uh, we wouldn't be having any conversation about this. We might so not that, still have, we might not have made any more records or made, continue that to makes make sense. records. You so know? let me ask so, you this. Let me ask you this, Doug. Did sorry because no, that's fine. Because that song took off so mightily over there. Did you find that the rest of Europe caught into the rest of the canals? Did it or did it remain largely a love affair with that one song? The one song. I think Stone. I think um, Slackjaw got a little play, got a little boogie. Okay.
but not not this was like uh this is that song i mean i have friends now who will be in italy or parts of western europe who were like text there was a guy who i don't know if, how much you know about raleigh music but there's a band called coc corrosion of conformity mm-hmm. the drummer who's unfortunately no longer with us reed he was in scotland and he texted me from scotland and said dude your song is on the radio we keep hearing your song this is only a couple few years ago five years ago still going on I mean, it's not going to go on forever, but it's one of those kind of songs. It's like one of those weird, it's like a one hit wonder kind of thing, but European. it's like Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. I love, I love Brandy. Oh, I do too. Yes. (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, (laughs) I agree. Um, Yeah. It's just such an, I can't think of another. It's very strange. It's weird. It is. I can't think of another American band that has a story quite like yours in that way. Usually it's more indie rock based kind of thing. Yeah. And that's where the guy from TVT was right. I remember we, we recorded um, one simple word in Wales. And for about a week before we went over there to at that, at that famous studio, uh, uh, Rockfield, which was a documentary about. And anyways, mm-hmm. we spent a week in London in a rehearsal space. This is 1990 rehearsing or pre-production, whatever you want to call it. And I had a, I had a Dinosaur Junior t-shirt because the, the people who make our t-shirts and, and merchandise also make the same merchandise for Sonic Youth and mm. Beck and all these well-known people. I remember walking down the street in London near the personal space and this like 13-year-old kid's like, hey, he's, got a, he's got a Dinosaur Junior t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the sort of like, you know, exposure band, yeah. American bands would get was yeah. purely through indie whatever yeah and so yeah for us it was very different i mean i think i don't know i don't know what it was about that song but boy well and it's interesting too because i know that you guys because of location and jangle pop or whatever yeah dixon mitch easter get compared to rem but i personally hear a lot of i i hear your anglophile oh yeah influences in your songs you know and so it's that's mike yeah I, yeah. I believe it. And so, in fact, I'm yeah. going to ask you more about that here in a minute, but yeah. it surprises me then that Europe didn't catch on to all the other flavors of the Connells that come from, <laughs> the, they could have enjoyed right. just as much, you know? Scotty's Lament. <laughs> yes. Yes. Scotty's <laughs> Lament. Exactly. I swear, I delight in my despair. It's you, I swear, it's you, I swear, giving me the right. It's you, lie, you 
guess. I never really thought about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. It's, so speaking, I, mean, of, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, know either. So yeah. th- speaking of things of your anglophileness, <laughs> I've wanted to ask you about the song "Dial It" from. Oh um, God, that's such a great! Darker I can't Days. believe you just brought that up. I love that song. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Now. It sounds to me like you called Peter Hook and said, will you come do for us whatever you did on Age of Consent on that song? It's just so great. I've never thought about this before. Yeah. Really? I, it's I, so I was, obvious. Well, to I mean, me. I didn't. Here, okay. Are you ready for this? You're going to love yeah. it. Or maybe you already know this. I don't know. We used to play. Yeah, that used to be a live song, too. I really? wish we could start playing again. But Mike and David switch switch out. Mike uh-huh. plays the bass. Yeah. And David, that's a very, that's one of the first Connell songs. And David plays the guitar chords which he does perfectly. Uh-huh. And I go to the bathroom. That's what he used to be. Yeah. Uh, we used to play it live. But that, that song is as old as the hills. I mean, that was a, John, I don't know much history, you know, but John Schultz was the drummer when that song came about. And he's a friend that I grew up with and he's responsible for me being in the band. Got it. But there's a, that's another story why he's no longer in the, but he's a film, he's a director. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's the one who came up with the title ah. because he thought that the lick sounded like, aren't you glad that you used it? <laughs> I remember oh, my- that. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Mike was like, no, it's not. It's not. You know, it was one of those. Wow. But it is a good title for a song. Golly, good, good ear. Yeah, it is very yeah. hooky. Very Peter. I love Peter Hook. I mean, talk Me about too. the most melodic bass player ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, him and Ed Whistle probably. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Now, That's speaking so of songs. Funny, I can't wait to tell these guys you're asking. Oh, please do. Oh. It, oh, as soon as, I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like a band that loves New Order trying to sneak yeah. in. Like, here's a song that makes us think of New Order to our listeners. Yeah. That's what it kind of made me. I love that stuff. I love Joy Division. Me too. I love the Bunny Men. And I remember the first time I heard the Smiths, I was like, oh, that guy's doing He. I was like, okay, well, nobody's ever going to hear them. So I'll just keep saying. <laughs> of course, I was wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, good. I blew you that and I- one. 
You and I have the same taste in music then. Yeah, okay, yeah. another song of yours I want to ask about is Too Gone. <laughs> Because number oh, one, wow. Wow. it's got fantastic trumpet work on there. I don't know who's doing that, but every time it comes on, I am so grateful that the trumpet is in there. It's a perfect accent. And then you guys break into Let the Music Play by Shannon at yeah. the end, which is such yeah. an odd choice. Who decided these things? All right. Well, the trumpet. Okay. All right. I got to start from the beginning. You really do know this band, don't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is great. Thank you so much. You bet. Um, Two Gone also comes from that very early, early era of John Schultz. Okay. I think. If not, it was right after when and when Peel started playing with us. Okay, so that song was that tempo initially was uh, like this. Mm-hmm. What am I too gone? For? Everything was fast, 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 fast. And I guess when we were doing the uh pre-production or whatever, or working up, what are we gonna do for this album for the one that recorded in Wales? Mm-hmm. That song came up and it was like, well, we just slow it. Somebody I Mike was like, maybe we just slow it down because it was really pretty fast. And when we slowed it down, I heard, I love that song by Shannon. Mm-hmm. So I started singing that. It was probably something that happened in rehearsal. Cause that's such a good song. It is. And uh, I mean, for, I mean, people would be like, it's a disco song, but you know, the, the hell with you. It's, it, it's a great song. It is. Both of her hits were great. Anyways, I cannot remember the guy's last name, Roddy. I think he's played with the Water Boys. He's played with everybody. He was the guy who played trumpet on the recording. Oh, Roddy Larimer. That was his name. Okay. Uh, I can't believe I remember that, but he was a cool dude. He was a he was a guy that did a, a lot of work at that studio at, at Rockfield. Like you know, like a he was a session guy, but also a guy who I think he played with the Water Boys. I want to say okay. he's played with he's probably played with a bunch of people. Yeah. So we we've been playing that song live lately. We have a buddy really? who plays trumpet because we have over there and we have two gone. Uh-huh. And we have two or three songs to this new record that have trumpet parts. So, so okay. if we can get to Denver. <laughs> yes, please do. The Bluebird or whatever. Oh, please. oh, the Bluebird. That's just down the street from my house. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like Denver. I like, Me too. and I also like, uh, I also like, uh, um, Where's the place where the, the first place you can never smoke? Boulder. Yeah. Boulder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I yeah. got to ask you, you mentioned a minute ago, almost getting arrested in Salt Lake city. Tell me this story. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. Now we were playing at the fairgrounds on the fairgrounds. Mm. Like I guess the state fairgrounds. I don't yep. know. We had, yep. and they had a fairly nice new, it looked new, mm-hmm. uh, venue building that was, where we perform now it might not be the best acoustics but it was still i've been there a few times you know exactly place. what so, you're talking it was about a pretty yep. big room it was big 
And it was it was a cool place. And I remember this is exactly what happened with the last show of a would have would have been or what was about a four week, if not probably about a month long tour. So we had one more gig in Salt Lake City, and then we're going to get on the bus and drive to Raleigh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, of course, takes a few days. Right. So I went to the I wish I could remember the name of the uh, drugstore. It was a, it was a, whatever the local Salt Lake City okay. drugstores were, 90s, and bought a bottle of Excedrin PM. Because I'm like, I'm going to try to get some sleep while we do this three days across. Mm-hmm. And I came back. From, I'll think of this drugstore in a minute. And I came back from the uh, parking lot, from the drugstore, and I was walking towards the venue. And it's all gated in. It's all, you know, bop, you know, it's all like fenced in. And and I was like, oh, I'm not going to. I didn't have any kind of like pass or anything on me. I had, And I was like, well, I'm not going to go through the normal way. I'm just going to. And all of a sudden, uh, Benji, our, at that time, he was selling T-shirts and stuff, <laughs> comes running out. And is like, you get, we come on. You got to go. You're getting ready to play. So I start climbing. Up, I start climbing the fence. <laughs> Maybe not the best idea, but it seemed like at the moment, at the <laughs> moment, it seemed like, you know, the quickest way. Uh-huh. And that's when a cop car pulled up oh, with the sorry. light. I mean, this guy was probably 21 years old. I, I, my, it was like Tom Cruise, cop gun. I kept saying, <laughs> referring to him as cop gun, sir. <laughs> you know? And I'm like halfway up the fence. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So I climbed down. And Benji's, I mean, Benji's great. But he's got like long hair. He's like, he's got to go perform. He's like, sir, you know. <laughs> and he says to me, the cop says to me, and he, I try to explain myself, which I thought I did. And then he says to me, uh, sir, can you empty your pockets? I'm like, sure. And of course, what I have in my pocket is a bottle of 7 p.m. With the, with the receipt. Uh-huh. Oh, and boy. he looks at me and he's like, do you have any other drugs on you? <laughs> Salt oh, Lake man. City. I was just going to say no. that. Yes. I, you know, and I said, <laughs> yes. no, I don't. He said, why don't you walk around? I was like, thank you. I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those ones who's like, tries to get like, you know, like, uh, uh, uh-huh. you know, to, mousy with the cops. I, yeah. I know not to do that. So it was fine. I think I tried to do a little like Axl Rose type speech from the stage. Yeah, this cop uh, tonight. <laughs> it didn't really work. Oh man, didn't really go over. So, oh man. Anyways, you, yeah, that was remember- funny because he really, this guy really, he pulled. The other thing was he pulled the um, yeah, you fit the description of someone who was shoplifting that store. Of right, right. you know. And yes. I was like, well, uh, this is what all I got on me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so that's my famous. Almost got arrested. That would be great. That would have been his huge stars if I had gotten arrested. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> who did who did you play with at that show? Do you remember? Did you open for someone? Did oh they boy, I you? couldn't tell you. I could okay. not tell you. Now we had done a tour with um, Catherine Wheel. Oh, I love them. Yes. Yeah, they're great. But I don't think this is the same. Okay. Now, if my bandmates are here, they'd be laughing at me because I'm so far off the mark on that. But like, okay. I think we we're headlining, and somebody locally opened for us. Okay. I think, Probably yeah, we, we did really well in Salt Lake City. We got a lot of we got a lot yeah. of air, as you were saying, we got a lot yeah. of airplay. Chicago. There were a lot of cities that were really good. 
they were hit and miss, you know, not all, all of them, but anyway, but yeah, yeah that was that my, that's my, that's my Axl Rose sort that of. That is awesome. I love it. Stupid, stupid story. I love that. But, but like, I love that it was like, it was like the, it was like this, uh, the, the, uh, off brand. Uh-huh. <laughs> was he in the actual Anyways. And in this funny. cop's mind, that's, that's drugs. It's, that counts that totally as drugs in Salt Lake City. I didn't get, I still didn't get much sleep, but that's not the, yeah, you know. well, that's, that's a different issue. That's just, um, being, that's just being strung out from the road, you know, just being tired and so yeah. tired you can't sleep kind of thing. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, that was my big idea. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, uh, going back to kind of the, the glory, I don't know if glory days or whatever, but when I look over Con- the Connells, I'm, I'm really struck by the producers oh, that agreed yeah. to work with you, you know? I mean, yeah, we put a gun to their head. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Don Dixon does Darker Days. Mitch Easter oh, comes along for Boylan. Hugh Jones. Yeah. I mean, we just ta- got done talking Good about how much we love, yeah. you know, British yeah. music of that time. Yeah. How yeah. did you get, let's talk, let's start with Hugh. How did you get Hugh to agree to produce your album? It's a great question. That's a really good question. He, okay, so first of all, at that time, I was the only, I was the only holdout. Mm. I was like, we need to go to Memphis and work with Jim Dickinson. Because mm. he had just done like the Please to Meet Me and the Replacements and he'd done that big star stuff. And I just had read a lot of interviews with him. I liked the way. So he came, he came to Raleigh and met us and we talked and I got to meet him. So I got that going for me, but like nobody else was interested in that because there is an Anglophile for some reason, Raleigh. I don't know if it's Raleigh in Virginia and parts of South Carolina or just Southern Southeastern America. The Anglophile musical taste is abundant. And I mean, yeah, I don't know what it's like now, but when I was in the 80s, was like, that's all you listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So when all these new American bands came out, some people got into them and some people didn't. I got into them as well as the British stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, I, I, I'm glad we didn't go uh, to Memphis and I'm glad we didn't work with Jim Dickinson because we went to Wales, which, yeah. I mean, it's fucking beautiful, man, you know? Yeah. So he had done, and I, you know, here I am, I was like bitching about our record label, but they're the ones who got us over there. And they're the ones who got us to work with Jim Dickinson. I mean, excuse me, with uh, Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones. And, and got us into Rockfield. So I can't, I mean, you know, for everything I bitch about, I can still find plenty of things to not bitch about. And uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't realize where we were until we got there, you know, mm. kind of thing. But he, but anyways, Hugh came over and did pre-production with us and he was cool. He was nice. And he was like very British, mm-hmm. you know, funny, dry and uh, a, 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 a kind of amazed by the abundance of trees. <laughs> <laughs> in Ro- I mean, really, you know, until you go away, you don't realize how many trees are, there are in North yeah. Carolina. But um, so that wasn't that hard. Um, okay. But it was a very quick the only my main complaint and i think others complaints was that we had a month to record and then and then we were done we weren't there for the mixing Mm. having said that there's i mean there's some great versions of songs on that record i mean there's there's like get a gun Say 
there's um, yeah. uh, Stone Cold yesterday. I mean, you know, uh, right. there's a couple others. There's a couple others, whatever. But uh, I mean, I mean, I have so many stories just from that month. That I mean, the Pogues were recording. we were, were recording there when we were there. Really? Oh, oh I love God. them so much. The Pogues were recording with Judge Strummer. Yes. <laughs> and I remember walking. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know Mike, uh, and Mike is a big club. I mean, Mike and Mike has a twin brother named John, and John and Mike were known as the Clash Twins when they were in uh, oh, law wow. school. They would kill. They would kill me for saying that, but it's true. They were yeah, a big fan, yeah. you know, and still yes. are. So we were like looking at each other, like, "Holy shit, man! Like, what is going on here?" So we're like in the other studio, you know. Yes. So um, I wow. would like I I would. Um, what I would do, and Hugh was good. Another like great thing about Hugh was that he would, I don't know when he slept, he must have slept maybe four or five hours a night. I don't know how he did it. Mm. I mean, it was constant. So he would, we'd have dinner and then an hour or two after dinner, he'd say, all right, let's go. Time to <laughs> sing. And I'd go sing. And sometimes I'd sing until 3 a.m., sometimes mm-hmm. till 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever was going on. Does he send and everyone was, else home and it's just you? They're gone. They're, they're, we were on the same, we're on the same, it's, it, it's a residency studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a great doc, great documentary called Rockfield. I got to see on this. Prime on, a, I don't want to promote it too much, but it's on, you know, AM, okay. Amazon, whatever. Yep. And you get a good look at it. It's an old horse farm. So like where the Pogues were, re- 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 uh, excuse me, recording was, um, an, uh, we're old stall, you know, you know uh, horse stables, mm. and they turned into residency of the in the in the main studio. So people just you just stay there. Yeah, if you want to go somewhere, you go into Monmouth town, and there's whatever. So, um, so, so I had the cool. system where, and plus it was summertime, so the sun really never really went down because you're, yeah. you're you're pretty far north. And I remember like I would get done doing whatever singing and go fishing. I love to fish. We fish in the streams, and mainly it was more to like decompress and just try because you get that sure. thing of like the adrenaline and stuff. Sure. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. In a couple the... of those fishing trips weren't, <laughs> weren't very fruitful. <laughs> I believe it, but still, what a, that is so, that just sounds oh it's beautiful, so perfect. You know, uh, it was it was I knew, and I wasn't kidding myself. I was like, this is actually really cool. I'm glad yeah. I mean, I love Memphis. Don't get me wrong. Sure, where rock and roll comes from, but golly, man, that would yeah, there was so amazing. It was a, so one morning I'm coming back and like, hey, you know, these these guys, these pogues, and they're coming back and forth. They're not always there, but one morning I came back and it was about seven, probably, uh-huh. and, and, and I could hear these song. I can hear this music coming from the other studio, mm-hmm. but it's coming from. What sounds it doesn't sound it's a jam box. These it was it was Joe Strummer and and Shane McGowan and Spider in this small off room, like a kitchen or something. I don't know, like oh. a beer room. I don't know. Listening to the mixes on a box. Wow. And I said to myself, and that was my last I had two I had two more nights to sing and I was done. I said, if this if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna do this, I might as well go ahead and I might as well go ahead and do this. Go ahead and talk yeah. to this guy now. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the timing seemed right, so I walked over there. I'm like, "Hey!" and they're like, "And Joe Strummer, nicest guy in the world." 
wearing a cowboy hat. He's like, hey, how you, you know, introducing each other. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Very nice, very cordial. I'm like, sounds good. Sounds good. You know, I'm trying to yeah. shame, you know. And uh, <laughs> he didn't say much. But anyways, <laughs> um, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't. No, 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 no. So, yes. Um, this must so, have been, if this is Joe and Shane, this must have been the Hell's Ditch. Exactly. Album, exactly. Okay. And, and, and there's some cool songs. Sunny Side of the Streets on mm-hmm. there. There's some cool songs on that record. Mm-hmm. And, and Spider was always kind of like yeah, eyeballing you. Mm-hmm. And uh, before long, they had this guy who was uh, he was their um, tour manager, I guess. But he was a former wrestler, as I understood mm-hmm. it. Big blonde Irish guy. Okay. He's like, let's go. We're going. Grabs yeah. those two, puts him in the car. And they're going to the airport to fly to Italy to play a uh, show with Sinead O'Connor. Oh, wow. So then it's just me and Joe Strummer. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, wow. Uh, I mean, I could get into like, you know, uh-huh. anyways, but anyways, he's, what do you want to do now? And I said, <laughs> I said, I don't know. And we walk, he goes, let's look at everybody's room. So we walked around this, looked at each band member's room of the Pogues oh. and the, the personalities shown through. Yes. And of yes. course, Shane's bottle. I mean, I love that's Shane. what I wondered. Littered yeah. with empties, empty bottles yeah. of you name it. It was, I was like, well, he's like, whose yeah. room do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we'd be shocked if Shane's room looked any different than that, to be honest. Yeah, I would be upset. Yes. So, anyways, long story short, is that the thing I got from that experience was like, Joe Strummer was the fucking nicest guy. Yeah. He was so genuinely. Like he was, he was earnestly nice. He wasn't like putting on like, a, well, I'm so a rock star, but I'm not. Yeah. And I told him, and we went, then we went back to, to our little, where I was living. And I was like, man, I'm going to go wake up my bandmate. Cause Mike is a big, huge Clash fan. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, don't do it. He's like, man, please don't. Not, not because he doesn't want to be. Yeah. He doesn't want to be on. When the tables are turned, mm-hmm. that's what Mike would say. Like, don't wake that guy up. Yeah. You, know you guys mean? were having a sincere moment, and hey, no, he doesn't want me to wake up his bandmate to like bug, you know, like. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't want it. it wasn't he didn't want to meet him. He didn't want it to be an awkward thing yeah, where, like, here's this guy who's trying to sleep, and you're gonna, fuck, you know what I mean? He, <laughs> he wakes he, up he, and he, Joe Strummer is standing over him at his bed. Yeah, that yeah, would be he crazy. Didn't want it. I, I understand that now. Like he's a guy who's been in bands. He yeah. knows don't fuck with your band. <laughs> Good point. So I had Good to point. Tell. anyways, long story short is that okay. That's long story long. Yeah. That's Sorry, crazy. That's well, no, that's exactly the kind of story we like to hear. In the yeah. summer of nineteen ninety-one, right after I graduated from high school, we moved from Salt Lake City to Cambridge, England. Oh, and, did you really? Wow. Yes. Wow. And that fall, the Pogues were coming through in concert at a place called the corn exchange. And I only yeah. say that in case you know what venue that is. I know the name. I know the name. That's all. Okay. I know. Yeah. So my friends and I buy tickets to go see the pokes at the corn exchange and we show up and we've been, we get told that Shane McGowan had been kicked out of the band like yeah. the day before or something oh, like that. Before. Okay. Something okay. like that. It was within the last, the couple of days leading up to, sure. because we didn't yeah. know, course there wasn't the internet back then but anyway yeah so joe yeah. uh filled in for shane as yeah. the lead singer at that show and it I is still one of the, i think he did and so yeah. you telling the story makes sense it was still one of the greatest shows i've ever seen and i've seen i've since seen joe and seen shane and seen the pogues with shane thank god but um did you really wow yeah yeah 
It was, Man, uh, I, I, I love He them. really, really, really loved that band. You can mm-hmm. tell, you know, like I have friends who are in bands around, around, around here that I love. I just love their band because I can see the chemistry. You know what I mean? Like I can just mm-hmm. see like, oh, these guys are great and their song and they work. And even if it doesn't work well together, it's still cool. Like he was, I think he felt that way about those guys. And that's, so he was so happy to be producing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Shane would be doing vocals out in the courtyard of the, uh, they had a court, you know, cause it was, like I said, it was a stables, previously mm-hmm. a stables for horses. And he, <laughs> I this is early on and i was like what, what is that <laughs> a lot of coughing <laughs> like you know g- ginders uh-huh. and i'm like i think he's singing out in the courtyard and i kind of would find a place i walk by and listen and, and you know i'm like like, like a fucking total fan uh-huh. and, and uh, uh, uh and he was sitting in like one of those wrought iron sort of like patio furniture chairs with a microphone uh-huh. bottle of wine and just like getting it just getting it man it was yeah. so funny oh wow but it but yeah you had just, to have been just thinking summer is just uh, just remember such an amazing like one like uh when they broke the mold kind of guy yes. you know I mean? like yes. i mean he really genuinely kind. Yes. genuinely got decent like cool person so anyways but, I just, and also very talented yeah you know? i believe it yes and it just when i hear stories like that i just think i'm thinking about this little band Indie indie <laughs> college rock band from North Carolina. Jangle, jangle. You know, jangly. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's doing well enough to maintain a career, but not so well that you're like selling out. You know, just large barely, venues or whatever. Barely making it. And just here you guys are. A, and yeah. a few years prior to this, you were like college students with you know nothing, and now you're in yeah. Wales with Shane and Joe next door, yeah. working with yeah, Hugh Jones. Bizarre. I just yeah. can't stories like that blow my mind you know i met we met nick Lowe, we met nick Lowe there oh i just saw him in concert like two weeks ago he's amazing we opened we got to Love open him. for him a couple of times in, really in, in europe yeah but we met him night, during that same month in at rockfield and he was working with some band from liverpool and they were called rain and the reason i remember that is because they said we don't know that song rain by the beatles they kept claiming that I don't know if they knew it. I mean, they were pretty young, but like he looked at, we walked in, he looked at us and said, I have friends whose opinions I trust. You say that you have a real kicking outfit. <laughs> so that's what really? yeah. well, oh. was, well, wait a second now. I don't know about all that. Yeah. Well, still, well, we, well, our first, well darker days came out on demon records initially. Yeah. And Elvis. And Costello, demon records, did you ever Elvis get to Costello. meet Elvis? No, 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 no. I wish I'd love to meet him, but no. But anyways, I think he was, he was just, he was, Nicola was funny. I like yeah. him. He was a funny guy. That, uh, he turned me on to Junior, he turned me on to Junior Brown. Really? He guy turned me on to Junior Brown in Wales. Think about that oh for a second. Gosh. Yeah. So that was I'm, a weird, th- yeah, trust me. I'm glad we didn't, I mean, nothing against Ardent Studios or Memphis, yeah. but no. yeah, I've got stories from that. but you're right you your take on it of like these guys yeah (laughs) these guys just shocks me what you the the memories you walk around every day you have a regular job now and when you go to that regular job you've got a head full of memories well i need that are unlike anyone else's oh i thought you did well i didn't i did for a long long time i worked at a credit union okay but then i had people like i had people at work who were like 
I think I saw you in a movie the other night. He's like, yeah, you did. I was the chemistry teacher. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was weird. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 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 yeah but, but they were younger. So most of them didn't really know the music stuff. Yeah. But those who did want to talk about it all the time. And I'm like, happy to talk about it. But like, mm-hmm. we're at work, you know, yeah. anyways. Crazy. But, you, okay. but, you were, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, it, my brain is like, oh, I, yeah, I have. I just. The I don't stuff know how that, I remember half of it. But anyways, it's 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 good to have, yeah. you know. So Okay. Um, we're coming up on time. I got two more questions for you. Number one, I just, I, Darker Days is a fun album, but it sounds like an album from a band who are still, they're (laughs) ambitious and they're trying to figure themselves out. I don't know how fun it was. Well, so that's, that's my question because (laughs) there is such a jump in maturity and quality by Boylan Heights. And Mm. I wonder what... Is that a is that a function of Mitch Easter bringing something out of you that wasn't there? Yeah, that's me. Is that growth of songwriters? Me. What's happening? It's, that's all me. Really? Because I did not know how to sing. I, in the rat in the last maybe five or ten years, I started to feel comfortable with just being a singer, like a guy who could go up and sing with maybe maybe a little, I don't know, maybe more than that. But anyways, but at that moment in time, we we were lucky to have a friend who had access. Who, who who knew Don? Don Dixon's from a band called Arrogance mm-hmm. in North Carolina, and that's why he ended up working with us. And also Rod Abernathy. But you know, in an ideal world, you know, twenty twenty hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> twenty ten hindsight, <laughs> it would have been great to record that record after actually touring some. Mm-hmm. But I was just singing these songs the way that I've been singing them, trying to sound like McCulloch and Morrissey and 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 and, and Ian Curtis, you know, and, and trying to be that. And and the keys of the songs are low, so that wasn't hard to do. I mean, I sounded more like Robert Goulet than anybody, to be honest with you. But anyways, so the good thing about it, that record is that I couldn't even like. I didn't even ruin the song. My singing was so off. The songs were still good enough to show, I think, to kind of really? come through. Mike, I think Mike and George were writing mm. early on. I've always remember. So the difference in that and Bowen Heights is that we just, dis- I think they discovered the capo maybe, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, change the key of the song. Uh-huh. So we were trying to find out how re- the register was not, I could sing huh. in that register, but we didn't want to do that anymore. So that's, that to me, and that's only totally my, take on it now the other guy thought of great. that the other guy thought of that okay well, you can hear the difference in my voice i know you can well, sure but i can't i've never thought of the reason there being such a jump in maturity from one album to the next being specifically your voice but maybe i'll have to next time I'm no, maybe the songwriting. To... i mean the songwriting got better for sure yeah but i think the main my main issue and of course, I've talked to people about this all the time. They're like, I like that record. I'm like, oh, how yeah. do you listen to it? You know, it's typical, normal <laughs> like response of someone like me. Yeah. Plus, we had played a lot between yeah. Doctor Days and Bowling High. I think there's a lot to be said for a band. I mean, my son is writing songs, and he has guys he plays with. But I mean, I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but I'm going to when I tell him, like, you guys got to figure out how to play in front of people. Mm-hmm. You got to play in front of. 
Now, I don't know how many people, you know, obviously that's not happening during a, a pandemic, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. Cause that's how I learned how to, you know, trial by fire, faking yeah. it till you make it, whatever they call it. So yeah, anyway. I get it. Okay. But there is a big difference in those two records. I was like, that was another guy singing on the first record. That was some <laughs> other guy. <laughs> I tried to pull that off, but nobody believed me. So oh, anyway. I don't know. I like Darker yeah. Days too, but I just, Boylan is a highlight for me. I actually had Don, I talked to Don on here two or He's three great. years ago. He's he is great. great. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, okay. One more question about, I, I was throwing out names of songs of yours, wanting to know what the story is. One of okay. them, Friendly Time. I saw the Williams and the R.D. Gables, friends of mine, friends of mine, Friendly Time. and the Considines I know the Jenkins and the Carborinis Friends of mine Friends of mine Friendly time I have this sort of slight fixation with Robert Criscow and yes. um, you mentioned Robert Criscow in the song, but it never, I'd never made a connection whether it was good or bad. Are you saying something about Robert Criscow and his ilk in that song? That, okay. First of all, that's Mike. That's sure, Mike's song yes. and Mike sang it. I mean, you, the and band. He, yes. And he, he wrote a song kind of combined moving and, the actual physically moving into a neighborhood and utilizing s- specific rock critics who may have slagged us off in the past. <laughs> yeah. If you look at it again, you'll see some other familiar names. Robert they, that, they are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I personally, so that, that, yeah, that was, that was an, ex- that was sort of an experimental album. And that yeah. was a good record to do that on. And I thought it was funny as shit. I love that song. I love that song. Yeah. No offense yeah. to those guys that he mentioned because, you know, it's like fair, you know, it's fair game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that because that's <laughs> you talking about, I just can't get a read on Chris Gow sometimes. Number one, sometimes he's so pithy. Sometimes I can't tell if he likes or dislikes something because he's right, being so right. yeah. sarcastic. He's, that's why he's good. Yeah. Right. And then also there's a lot of snobbery there too, which I just, I really detest musical snobbery. I just think. No, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. You should never feel silly for liking what they like. And um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wonder. Well, I have a a friend who uh, uh, we used to play with this band called Lifeboat in Mm. in Boston. And uh, they would come down here and play. And it's a long story. There are relationships. I'm still friends with these guys. But anyways, they got a, Chris Gow review in, I guess the village would be the village voice. Mm-hmm. This is like 1987, 86, 87. Okay. 
And it was it was predominantly a positive review, except be something that they were like, sometimes these guys might be seem to be too deeply earnest. But you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the only like, yeah, and like what's wrong with that? So yeah. I remember talking that conversation with my buddy in that band saying, that's not bad, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. He's been meaner to other people. That's true, actually. <laughs> that's not bad, dude. You're fine. Yeah. But he was really like, what does that mean? Because like, yeah. he's just such a famous, mm-hmm. yeah, he a very, 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 very famous uh, yeah. rock critic. And I see him on a lot of these, um, I guess they're like uh, um, BBC made uh, yes. documentaries of band. I love watching those things. Me too. I could watch those things for hours, you know. Me too. And he's always, he's always, very careful you know about yeah it's an interesting talking head on those things yeah yeah he does show up yeah doug i uh thanks for chatting with me man i love what you guys do and um i'm so glad we did this and like i said i I missed i missed the initial uh attempt that's my bad man totally fine stedman's wake is my favorite carnell's album and in fact universal glue is my favorite song on the album man you know what now you start okay so we've been hearing that more and more i've been really? hearing that more and more and more and i love that song uh-huh but like okay so that's something to think about because yeah because i thought that was gonna be just another one of those songs that mm-hmm. we well let's record this one too because it didn't you know it was on that 20 years ago version mm-hmm. of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> of an album mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I certainly enjoy singing it, but like, wow. So golly, you're the, you're just another person who likes that song. So that's mm. unusual, but great. I, I okay. appreciate you saying that, man. Sure, I do. All right, there you have it, Doug McMillian. Uh, I want to close it out with that song I just mentioned a few minutes ago that's my favorite on the new album, Universal Glue. Remember this name, by the way. So As I said earlier, I've got two copies of Stedman's Wake on CD to give away to our Patreon supporters. All you got to do, there are two levels of Patreon support. The first level, which is all that's required for this, if you donate $2 a month on a set it and forget it situation on there, then you're automatically in the running for anything we ever give away on here. Books, CDs, whatever. There's the second layer, which is not necessary for this, but we would love it if you did it anyway, where for five bucks a month, you get to be on the inside track of everybody I'm interviewing, and you can submit questions to those interviews if you want. All right? So we're going to be pulling a winner this coming Sunday. So you have between now and Sunday to either sign up for Patreon Uh, If you're already in there, look for my messages. I'm going to send out a message to everybody saying, um, you know, it's on. But anyway, look out for that. Join if you're interested in getting a free copy of Stedman's Wake. And as I said, this album is fantastic. Now, next week we get to hear from another producer. And it is, it's a doozy. Uh, It's long, but it's full of a lot of really interesting stuff. He is one of the most successful and busy producers of the last 20 years or so okay and he's got a lot of projects and he tells a lot of stories so it is a doozy all right you're going to want to hear that next week i know everybody loves the producer episodes huge thanks as always to yana mamakevich my right hand man thank you buddy for everything that you do he and i recorded our 2021 recap episode that should be out later this weekend hopefully if everything goes well on yan's side 
Uh, guys, you can like our page on Facebook. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Okay? Thanks, everybody. We love you. To prepare this table